0: Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here and welcome to the 709th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who can show us how to balance the energies around us to create sanctuaries that we love. We're talking with Catherine Wilking about feng shui in our spaces. Since 2012, Catherine has been working exclusively as a feng shui coach, helping homeowners and businesses take charge of their space And learn to thrive, not just survive. Author of Practical Feng Shui for the Office and host of the podcast Feng Shui Your Day, she teaches that Feng Shui is easy and practical while helping us create function and flow, boost productivity, and find the work-life balance. Welcome to the show today, Catherine. Are you ready to rock?
1: I am ready to rock.
0: So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great story. Uh, See, I've been a decorator and working in the decorating business for years and years. And I remarried uh, back in 1998. And wonderful man, the little boy, his first wife had died. And so Mm -hmm. if you're looking at blending the family, I had a little boy as well. And so when we met, it was uh, just mommy, daddy, two kids and looked like it was a match made in heaven. But what happened was when we all moved in together, a lot of the first wife's stuff came with them. Mm. And that was a little awkward just because I just hadn't put that all together. But here she was a piano player, a concert pianist. So she had a big piano to come into the house. And, you know, there's quite a vibration with musical instruments that come into the house and sports memorabilia. They also had been in India for about three years at a time and had collected all these Indian rugs and the brass pots and all this stuff came into my house. And I was just miffed at how I was supposed to decorate with these things that didn't mean anything to me. I didn't pick them out and they're kind of odd for what I had my taste. And so I called my first feng shui consultant at that time to come in and try and help me. And when she showed up, here she is, a middle-aged white lady, <laughs> Canadian, <laughs> who came in as a feng shui professional. And I thought, you know, just like me. And I said, how did that happen? So I was just really right. curious how this was going to all unroll. And basically, she taught me about the common areas and the private areas. And I should be concentrating on the common areas of our home to make new memories and happy times with everybody involved. Everybody gets a seat. Everybody gets a voice. And everybody gets loved equally here. And the private areas would take care of themselves. And I was hooked. This was just amazing. It was such a good fit. And I eagerly read books and books and books and went to classes and different things, finding out more and more, what is this feng shui stuff now that it's available to Caucasians and not just Asians? And how can I make this into my house? And you know, the bottom line is over the years, it's helped me with my marriage. It's helped me raise my boys. It's helped me focus in business for both me and my husband. So here we are taking charge of our own space and making choices. So we've been able to travel, work on our bucket list and investments. And surely once you can take charge of the energy in your environment, you can make those sound decisions for the future. And the sky is the limit. So I'm just sold on feng shui.
0: Nice. How did you work out the energy of all of this stuff that came into your house?
1: Interesting question. Well, first of all, I had to figure out where to put it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I either embrace it or I got to send it out. Okay, so there's choices with everything, right? Mm-hmm. It just yeah. can't sit there and go stale. So okay, I took one of the Indian rugs and I put that on the dining uh, on the living room, and I thought, okay, I'm going to accept this. I don't really like all the reds in. The rugs but I was embracing it and looking at it and set a few things up there was a few pictures I just said no those aren't going to work for me and so we were able to buy things or find things that were good for the whole family and some of the of course the little boy wanted pictures of his mom around the house I'm okay she was no threat to me Uh, and I wanted to make sure that he was also loved as his parent and guardian and someone who was chosen to help him through his formative years. And I think that was a really big shift in the mentality is the things that didn't mean anything went either into my husband's study, for example, or the child's bedroom or some, somewhere else in the house that made
0: sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Wow, okay, let's let's go to the bottom line question. What is feng shui?
1: Without getting back to the ancient 4,000 years uh, to go, what I try and tell people when they phone and say, hey, what's going on, Kath? What is this stuff anyways? And how does it work? I'm going to tell you it's got three layers to it. Mm -hmm. Feng Shui works, first of all, with the function and flow. So those are the tangibles we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's too many chairs, maybe there's not enough chairs, maybe you can't reach the garbage pail, maybe, you know, whatever, orientation of how your desk is going to be too to work things out. And it works with the gardens as well, too. How do you get a focal point in the garden and move through it smoothly? We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but in the house, which is what I've been doing since COVID for sure, you got to clear and clutter. And that's the biggest part that people think about is it's all about clutter clearing. It's not all about clutter clearing. It's a big piece of it though. So you get the tangibles sorted out. And the next layer, you look at gathering supports. So if I'm sitting at my desk here looking at what's on the wall for what? Six hours, eight hours a day, Mm -hmm. that had better support me in what i'm doing and not sabotage my efforts and so those types of things i call cryptic messages so things colors shapes images slogans and sayings pictures on the wall are all good things to support you and that's that second level
0: and that's that's, that's things that we love then things that make our heart sing should be hanging in front of me beautiful
1: yes right. they bring you joy yeah. Bring your joy and lift your vibration. We're going to talk about that a bit later as well, too. And then you get to the next level, spiritual level, things you can't see. And so that is the other energy stuff. It's when you open that window and that zest comes in, that chi energy that's going to raise the bar for you. And sometimes I have to teach people how to do that. Just open the blind. then open the window and inhale. It's beautiful. So yeah, it's got three layers. And so it solves a lot of different
0: problems. So it's a way of energetically making our space flow with us. Exactly.
1: Yes, Yes, that would work. That would work very, very well. I love the interpretations here. So if I could take charge of my space, right? Mm-hmm. I want to this, I want my cup over here. In fact, I choose the cup today, right? Matches my outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, know nice. that I'm smiling. Some of the cups have interesting messages. Uh, doing some uh, workshop is going to have a pair of two people working together because now we're doing a partnership. Sometimes it's a funny saying from one of my sons, something about Drinking dog hair with my coffee or something
0: like that. And <laughs> yeah, so, we got that problem.
1: Yeah, we got those ones. And you know, so I'm setting the tone every day by choosing my mug and how I want to start the day.
0: Oh, interesting. So it can be as simple as that—that that message on the mug that we drink out of every day.
1: Fascinating. Brilliant.
0: In, interesting. I have a cup, a metal cup, that one of my podcast guests gave me about five years ago, and it's big. So I can put a lot of water in it and it's got nice pictures on the side. So, the, you know, it's it's like I never even thought about that until this moment. It's kind of a happy point for me.
1: But you grab it every morning. Yep. Right? That's your yeah. go-to. Yep. In the winter, yeah, in the winter I have a yellow one with flowers all over it mm-hmm. because this is what I'm missing. Right. I know this is so fascinating. So everything that you touch, your colors that you wear uh, on your body, your glasses, you're Mm -hmm. driving the car. And over time, you'll just go, oh, look at that. I was in a sales uh, office with somebody and we were talking about uh, pointing the boat coming in towards them and not away from them. You know, that that just that little thing. There's an old saying, wait for your boat to ships coming in. That's good luck and abundance, right? But if the boat on display is going the wrong way, that's not going to help. You see, there's all kinds of really cool little things there that can trip you up and not even notice. In fact, there was a sales office I mentioned earlier, and it was a bunch of people on the beach, their picture in their main hallway here. And it was gorgeous. It had the mountains and all the rest of the stuff and all these people, the boardwalk movement on the beach. And I looked at it. uh, Oh, that's cool. And I looked at it again. I said, you know, all those people are walking away from you. Look at that. And it was like, that's not what you put in the front of a business. All the people walking away. Then you read into these things. And so it takes practice to interpret some of these cryptic messages. And that's my job. And I do it very, very well.
0: And so this is an urban farming gardening show. I know. (laughs) So let's go there next. How does this... How does this wrap around fit in, flow through our garden? Okay, I love
1: this part. What I wanted to talk to you today is about getting down to earth and talking about the five earth properties. That's one of the tools, very important tools that we use in feng shui. So these are elements that you hear about in Chinese medicine and Reiki and more. So now that our intro is over, we can dive into this deep stuff. So the earth elements, as you're aware, like fire and water are probably the most popular people can recognize here. They're the opposites of the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. And fire, as you know, is consuming. It reaches to the sky. It goes forwards. It commands attention. Mm-hmm. And it also represents rebirth on the other end of it, right? And well, water. No, and
0: thats what—that's I guess that's what we do every year with our garden is we rebirth our garden.
1: Exactly. So this is all going to come around to, uh, to meet that. And water is much quieter and it flows to the lowest platform or the lowest crevice. And it can be very calming and soothing and healing, regenerating for humans as well, too. But both of these elements can be very tame like a splash of water, or very destructive, like they could take out a whole house kind of thing, both Mm -hmm. fire and water, very destructive. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to find the balance here. So when we try to find the balance in nature, these elements need to be arranged in a specific order because they could need to maintain and support the balance of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. For example, let's put these in a big circle and we'll put the fire at the top and we'll put the water at the bottom, okay? So between these two, we're gonna have to have some buffer elements. (laughs)
0: right Mm -hmm. so
1: on the left side we're going to put a buffer element called wood life and wood life is about everything that is green everything basically that Mm -hmm. grows from a tall evergreen to a blade of grass or anything that grows there so how this works in the earth here let's look at that instead of the water putting out the fire we're going to have the water feed the trees right so we're yeah. going to, that's how they support the trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the trees, whenever you chop down a tree, that wood will feed the fire. You see how this works? Mm-hmm. So when the fire burns out, those ashes are going to fall back to the earth in the ground. And that's the element on the other side of the fire where the rebirth occurs. Okay. what is, oh, is see that how element? This, that's the earth. It's just called earth. Earth. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So earth properties in the earth. So, and then the last one, of course, when you take your earth, it compresses, which could take thousands of years, but it will form metal, our fifth Mm -hmm. element of the earth properties. Mm -hmm. And to wrap this all up to complete the cycle, that metal can be processed and molded into vessels to help move the water, feed the trees, to feed the fire, to compress to form earth, forms into metal and around and around it goes. And it's fascinating to think about this. So I want to just go around that again one more time, applying it to our seasons. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So these elements have already figured out how to get along and get balanced in nature, right? So I'm thinking, wouldn't this be great if we could all learn to get along too,
0: (laughs) right? Right.
1: So let's just dissect it one more little bit. So let's say it's springtime springtime is all about the wood life energy everything comes to life right the buds Mm -hmm. on the trees and the little blades of grass and all the evergreens get these bright little colored needles on them and stuff this is springtime explosive massive growth and so relates to a regular spring right this wood life energy and then we move into summer And summer is represented with the fire element Mm -hmm. because it's hot, right? Yep. (laughs) People are sending out firecrackers. The Sports are more aggressive. They're out on water skis and jumping all over the place and swimming and golfing and whatever. People are alive and well and moving. It also represents there with the flowers that are all in bloom, explosive bloom as well too so those first two seasons make a lot of sense a lot of action a lot of kind of aggressive action in there but the fall comes and now things start to turn colors the fall colors right Mm -hmm. the clays and the ambers and the coppers and the browns and very earthy type colors and we're going to be anticipating a rebirth so we're cleaning up the mess here we're raking the leaves and we're nesting, and we're buying a blanket, and the animals are all gathering nuts and stuff. And this is all about nesting. And you know, we can think of people that like to cook on, and the, and bake and nurture. And this this mm-hmm. stuff is really the stuff they want to do. Go home inside and roast the pumpkins and and start baking and for Thanksgiving and all kinds of stuff. So there's the earth element showing up in this fall. So moving on. The seasons get a little colder, different times, of course, different months and different times of the year and different countries, of course, but there is a cool or colder period and this runs into the metal. We had a little talk before we started recording, right? Everything is cold. Everything's stiff. It doesn't have the flexibility. The trees aren't kind of blowing in the winds and just having fun here and waving to you. Everything is very, very tight. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of clothes on. We're not moving quite so much, and we have we relate to these things very interesting. We can move then and hibernate for that particular season. So how does this work out that what moves from metal we decided would go into water? Well, the early spring starts to warm up, and the ice starts to melt, right? And the mm-hmm. rivers start to roll and the ponds get thick and heavy and bulging and guess what that would be early early spring and the things will melt and guess what the cycle starts again explosive growth in the spring and it's fascinating and in fact what's really cool about this there's personality quiz on my site about these personal element profiles it's called the pep quiz And by finding your personal dominant element, then you can figure out the supports that you need to balance in your environment. Isn't that cool?
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So let's say I'm a wood person, which I am. I'm a wood person, and it's described as being outgoing, gregarious, leadership qualities, leading the pack kind of thing. -hmm. Easy, easy to collect people around you. If I was a tree, I would have homes for all the birds and all the Mm -hmm. insects and all that kind of stuff. And so I fit in really well as a wood person, but that doesn't mean I stop right there. It means that I know how to move through these other elements because I need this in my life. I've had to figure out how to how to do that. So I don't get pegged. I just know my dominant element. So I know that by wearing Blue, which is a watercolor uh-huh. right, keeps me grounded.
0: Mm. And so
1: you're wearing the same color here. So I'll bet you you've got a lot of wood energy in you as well too, right? Probably
0: as a gardener, I would guess. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go take the quiz. Where do I take the quiz at?
1: It's right at my website, wilking.com It's right on the front page. You can figure that out right now. So my supports. No, so knowing that blue and water. And all the colors and things that go with the water area are something to keep me happy. Mm -hmm. And I also know that if I hang out too long in the fire element on the other side, I could get burned, Uh, right? Ah, So that we're going very, very specific here to relate to the world here. So by being burned, I love the parties. I love the firecrackers. I love a little bit of drama in my life. But you know what? I got to know when to step back. Yeah. And I have to go, okay, you know, I had enough, I had enough. I don't need to have a spotlight all the time, but that's okay. But if I ever get kind of blue and a little bit on the, you know, I need a recovering rest and recovering day or something, go back. I know my supports are bath, shower, looking at seascapes on the walls, wearing blue, have a blue mug today and (laughs) all is good. And you know, when you know that stuff, I'll tell you when I, I'll tell you, I went to a class, I flew all the way to Calgary to take this class on these five elements. And I absolutely stood up in the middle of this class and went, holy smokers, it all starts to make sense now. It really, really did is that I can control what I have in my life, what I'm doing, what I'm wearing in order Mm -hmm. to be a well-balanced individual. And I encourage everybody to go get the personality test because it's really, really helped me. But if you've ever felt like you're spinning your wheels and something has got to change, right? Where do you begin? Where do you begin?
0: It's been a long time, but I, I'm an uh, introspective person. Mm-hmm. So I would, if I was spinning my wheels, I would stand back and look to see what was in my life that lit it up, that lights it up. And I would go there.
1: Okay. That's taking charge.
0: hmm
1: right? And you'll probably start by clearing out some of the old things, oh, yeah. old beliefs, dated, broken tools or chipped cups, or it's like trimming the dead branches, right? Yeah. Clean things up a little bit in the yard and there start building again. You'll find there that you work-life go. balance. So putting this into the garden, well, this ripple effect starts to happen as well, too. If you notice, a lot of houses are square. The windows are square, the doors are square, the <laughs> It all it all makes sense because that those things are very grounding for us. That's very right. earthy, okay. Mm-hmm. But when you get a chance to get out into the yard, you have a chance to make a curved walkway, right? You need you could put mm. that curved archway in the garden, right? That that is so auspicious because that curved shape actually is like the moon and the sun. It, it's up there. Right. It's it's Mm -hmm. almost heaven sent that you're walking through this threshold into a new space in your new garden. So mixing up some of the shapes and the colors is one way to help find that balance.
0: So as I'm building my rectangular greenhouse. Yes. That's going to be out in my backyard that I'll walk through. Well, that I'll walk to. I should maybe put up a curved archway or curved pergola. To grow grapes on, than to walk into it.
1: You could do that. That's one way. Yes, some people put up a fan. That uh, just an just a arbor fan. You know, some of them are made out of you know one by one pieces. Oh, yeah? Some, some oh, yeah. of them, you know, are cloth that you can put into a square space to soften that. Uh, you'll notice what's behind me here. I have for people that are listening. I have a piece of artwork I found in Chinese New Year. It looks like a big moon. And it's Mm -hmm. got a little happiness symbol right in the middle of it. And I just love working under a happiness symbol. And those kinds of things, having little softness in the sharpness of life really, really uh, helps.
0: And what else can our listeners do in their garden to, and as I'm asking this question, interestingly, I'm thinking, well, what we have to do is we have to train them to look in their heart to see what what works for them. Mm -hmm. But what kinds of things can we do in the garden that will help improve that energy flow?
1: You know, I don't do a lot of like corn and pumpkins and radishes and things like this, just me. But I do love the flower gardens. That's Mm. my my thing. That's my Mm -hmm. thing. And so with the flower garden, for example, you're looking at mixing up textures in a sense, tall things and small things. And you're looking at mixing up colors and you're looking at, can I something bloom in February? Maybe it's too mm-hmm. early some places, but you know when the snowdrops come out, that's your first sign, right? Okay, then the tulips, then the daffodils, then the adjuga, then you know, it goes on and on and on and on. But how can you plant a garden that's gonna light up your life every single month? That's another question. Uh, people uh, ask me questions like, what about black flowers, uh, Catherine? How does that work? And it's a great question. The darker colored flowers absorb the light, and the lighter colored flowers reflect the light. So, actually, a nice mixture of the darker and the brighter colors. And of course, the greens come in different colors too. All the leaves are in different colors and shapes and things. And you can use this to just bring joy into your life, whatever seems to work out for you. So, I presume when I'm planting a vegetable garden, that maybe I'll sort that out, not just the sun needs, but what looks nice. Maybe I'll pick through the rose in a little, a little figure eight just for fun for a change, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll put the tall things over here and the small things over here so that there's a whoosh in the garden. Whatever seems to turn your crank is what is gonna make bring you joy.
0: When we recently had Lisa Ziegler on the podcast, she's a mm-hmm. flower farmer, mm-hmm. and she said that 20% of every garden from a pollinator perspective should be flowers. <laughs> okay. And if we're doing that, that kind of fits into the, the beauty, the aesthetics, the color flow into your garden as well from a way perspective, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact last year we started not mowing half of our lawn mm-hmm. and turning it into more of a wild a wild garden thing for the butterflies and the bees and I found myself moving buttercups from the roadside <laughs> into this space to kind of help help uh, propagate here as well and there's so many people that are pulling out these types of weeds Right. And if I can rescue some of them and put them in the backyard for our our meadow, we're calling it our meadow Mm -hmm. to populate for bees and butterflies. And that's pretty cool. So that's another thing that we're doing here. It doesn't look the best. It's not one of those things that's going to end up in a magazine. But you know what? I'm helping the environment and that feels good to me. And that's all that matters right now.
0: Exactly. So you put this uh, a lot of this together in a book. What's the name of your book and yes, tell us a bit about
1: My book is Practical Feng Shui for the Office. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I why I wrote a book about the office first was because everyone else was writing about the house and ah. and, and it's very focused on your uh, functioning your cubicle and working out in the office area. It t- talks a little bit more about the personality profile quiz. I call it the Pep quiz. Yeah. And so what I've done over COVID and when everybody's focus has come back into the house and working out of the house, most of my blogs right now, this whole year and podcasts and things are talking about trying to find the work-life balance working at home. And so I have another book coming out very, very soon that uh, I don't have a date right now, so I'll keep you posted, but uh, it's going to address those life upsets setting boundaries, Mm. setting time, Mm -hmm. things. I've even helped people with this looking through the PC. This is a whole new skill that everybody had to learn to is how can I help somebody through the PC? So I have a one room rescue that can get right into your home and you can tell me what's going on. I can see things. And some ladies are upset that their children are way over there and mommy needs them or kids need them. And I even set up a lady's office that she had a little, a little guest chair here. So her son could toddle in and sit beside her and visit with mom, would have a little snack and then head out and everybody's happy. And so, you know what, the rules are there, but. Everything has to be looked at from the heart. What's exactly. going to make this family fit together much better? And that's what I love the most is the puzzles, solving the puzzles.
0: Yeah. And wow, your your creation story on how you got here really fits into what you now offer. How cool is that?
1: Mm-hmm. So you haven't mentioned the word clutter. Everybody talks about this. But you've heard this saying, a messy space is led by a messy mind. And these distractions overflow into your career, your relationships, your lifestyle, and so much more. So anytime your home life is upset, it affects your stress level, productivity, relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had so many chances to dissect this over the last 10 years. So I was fully certified in 212. And that's the way it goes. And I ask people if you had a sacred space to be and a sacred space to work at home that would allow you to focus on a business with less stress, that's what having the feng shui advantage is all about.
0: Nice. And you have a special offer for our listeners.
1: We're going back to almost what I said the first time. Remember opening the window and inhaling? This is called Mm. chi energy, that life force. And the life force comes into the house so easily and people forget about it. So I put together a little four page PDF and it's called 10 ways to raise the chi energy in any space. And it's so easy, little things like opening the blinds and seeing the sunshine. That's one of our key life forces here. We need to do that, bringing in a plant those kind of things. I won't spoil it all for you, but download that PDF, 10 ways to raise the chi energy in any space. It's available on the front page of my home website, katherinewilking.com. I've kept it really simple for you. Just use my name.com and you'll find it.
0: Perfect. And the the link for that will be in our show notes. In the show notes, yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might've learned from it.
1: I believe that life has its ups and downs and it, it also has a cycle as we've been talking about learning and growing. So life sometimes has learning and growing er- stages and then it, you rest and it happens again. Mm-hmm. And many people many of us resist this cycle. Just like <laughs> we talked about a little bit earlier, you can't fight these things. And uh, but I think one of my lowest times was when my first marriage broke up and I left that marriage with a baby and $500. And that was it. So starting over with too much responsibility and no income, even way back then, before Feng Shui, I figured out a way to think positively and looking for opportunities to move ahead. And some of my goals at that time had to be shelved. And well, I sorted things out. But you know what? If it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And I could go back if I wanted to and look at them again. But that's kind of something I don't wish on anybody. But when I figured out Feng Shui, life got a little bit easier for me. Yeah. So I was, that was really good. So that was, I'm gonna say my overcoming.
0: Yeah. Well, and if we don't let things happen that are, I'm gonna put in quotes, failures, we don't learn as much, I think. We don't, we don't get the depth, we don't build the depth of what's possible in our life.
1: I think that is true. Yes, they say that the success comes from struggle, and the lotus comes out of the muckiest water, and you know, there's all kinds of little encouraging things to there. But if you start to fret, I think that's the word. If you start to fret, you're going to spiral out, yeah. right? You you won't yeah. be able to see, and you're just going to be ooh. You can just hear the grind in your mind when you think of that word. But if you try to better yourself, but 1% every day, just get that. Okay. I can just do 1% of anything. One thing on your to-do list, mm-hmm. do you know, yep. uh, have a shower, whatever that, whatever, whatever that level that you are. And if you just take that one step forward to make things better, that's all you need to do. And every day you take that one
0: step forward. <laughs> Amen to that. And what do you consider your biggest success?
1: Successes. Wow, I'm still working on things, Greg. I'm not giving up yet. Um, but I think the biggest success, if you want to call that, is when I found Feng Shui and I jumped in. It was such mm-hmm. a great fit. But mm-hmm. the great thing is, I think it was convincing my husband what the heck I was doing.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, he's an engineer, and he's we talked uh, about metal people, and yep. you know he's got to have the cause and the effect and the why and the and how come. And when I was trying to convince him, I wanted a round patio, and he was like, "Want me to build you a round patio?" Yes. And then I wanted the round fence around the round patio, and then, I, and then it had to curve over here. But anyway, he finally understood the why and the how what he's doing because he could walk out of the house and go, "Oh." I get it. I get it nice. now. Okay, I'm i in. So he's got my back. So imagine finally figuring out that to take charge of my life and getting what I want. And I was able to convince my husband that feng shui works. And we're still together over 20 years. And we're able to build a lovely, healthy lifestyle that's interesting and prosperous. And it's still moving strong.
0: Nice. And what drives you?
1: I have a message to help others. Even some days it's like, man, it's raining and it's cloudy. And I don't want to, you know, don't feel like going out or whatever. You know, I have a message. I'm driven to see, to hear, to be present and connect the dots and help people have better lives. That's that's what's driving me right now. And feng shui is only part of the puzzle. So wouldn't it be great if collectively we could make the world a better place, just a little bit better at a time?
0: Absolutely. And if you could recommend two books for our listeners. I knew that was coming. What would they be and why?
1: If you're interested in feng shui gardens. I have one here called Secrets of the Land by Shelly Sparks. She's a feng shui consultant and her specialty is designing harmonious gardens with feng shui. And she's one of my favorite ones to relate to what we're talking about today. And I also love Ted Andrews books. He's got one called Nature Speaks. Signs, omens, and messages in nature. And I think this is so cool. Like, let's say you you keep watching this sad evergreen tree and wonder what's going on. If you look that up, he has stories about these things and what they mean. And he also talks about sitting under the fir tree and how the fir tree can whisper your, your deepest thoughts into the universe. So this kind of stuff and the maple trees and everything. He's got all kinds of really cool, again, signs, omens, and messages that are really interesting that you might, you gardeners out here would just love to, to crack the book. You'd really enjoy that.
0: Nice. And a final piece of advice for our listeners.
1: Well, Greg, we've talked about a few things, but I think the bottom line is we need to stay positive and optimistic. We need to check our words before we chew out our kids or swear at the neighbors or whatever. We really, really need to allow some grace for many people in the world because, you know, life is hard. Life is hard. And I mentioned earlier, if you can just lift your energy by by one percent each day, just just a little bit here, you'll be able to do some good in the world and you'll be able to help others. So just think
0: about that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Catherine.
1: I had a great time. It's de- I'm delighted. I can't wait to hear
0: what you have to say after you read one of those books that I mentioned. There you go. And how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: Oh, easy, easy. My name is Catherine Wilking, so I use that in all my correspondence. CatherineWilking.com is my website. And you can reach me at Catherine at CatherineWilking.com. I'm keeping it
0: easy for you. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash feng shui your day. Hey, Urban Farm podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18 and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you.